Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome you to the Book Nook Room of AccessibleWorld.org. The date is Sunday, February 6th, 2011. And we want to welcome a new group to the Accessible World family, a very interesting discussion group, I think, because the book selections, the first one was very interesting. Uh, and the name of the group is, I guess, for want of a better phrase, self-help self-improvement and we can all use that along the way so without further ado i turn the microphone over to our host nancy lynn of st louis missouri nancy the microphone is yours and congratulations okay well yes as bob said we are doing a brand new group of books uh, called the i would call them self-help or empowerment ways to be empowered or as oprah said live your best life so, and the first one I've chosen is a book I read last year uh, called The Secret. It was a bestseller out in 2006. There was a movie made, and the book talks about having made the movie. Basically, the secret, basically the secret is nothing more than the law of attraction, which is something that we've heard about and talked about. It's been talked about, I think, for a long time. Basically, it's... You get what you think about. You get what you most think about. Not like, oh, I think I want a million dollars, and poof, a million dollars shows up in your bank account. No, it's not that simple. Um, but um, uh, we, it's, it's really about you know what you think about the most you will attract into your life in some form. So the book goes through... Um, the secret in various places, the secret and health, the secret to you, the secret to life in general, secret to relationships, but it's all you get what you think about. Or as Mike Dooley likes to say, thoughts become things. So I'm going to start by uh, asking you, I'm going to give you a chance to see if you can look into your own life and tell us, when has this happened to you um, that you can that you can look at and see for yourself, and then I will explain a little bit of that from for myself too. Well, Nancy, I, this if you know that's a good question because thinking about that, it's happened many times in my life. I remember when I wanted to be a teacher and I was going to student teach, and at first I was terrified. I had I'll make it brief, but I had professors who said they're going to see that you're blind and they're going to jump out the window or throw you out of the room. And I said, I can't I can't handle it this way. And I started thinking of myself in front of my class teaching the subject I loved, US history. And I sort of thought about command presence. And I put my blindness way in the background. And it happened. I walked on that stage, my classroom, and 37 years later, I walked off, and I believe I was, I believe I was on top. So I think if that's an example, I, I did turn it around and thought positively, it will work, and it did. I think it's also a relationship that goes along with the idea of passion. Um, and I believe passion really leads you. You are wedded to it in every way you could possibly be, I think. I don't think it's even something you really have a choice about. When you love, you follow what you love, and it's with you. 
I know that probably sounds really strange, but that's how I feel about books. And there was a, an expression I think that somebody said one time about how if you imagine it, you can you can have it and and you can do it. And so for me, I think everything related to books, I found ways around things. I couldn't be a narrator for NLS, so I read books on Fillmore. I wasn't a teacher of literature um, or a literature teacher, so I I read books to people. And I would feel absolutely, I feel absolutely convinced that if I did a literary pre- literary presentation or talked about a book, I would be able to talk about it, maybe not it totally as an English teacher would, but if I really worked at it, I know I could. I absolutely believe it, and that's what I feel strongly about for me. Okay, sometimes I have wanted things and have thought about things and have gotten them, although it's kind of come in the back door. Now, an example of that is in about 1994, 96, about 1996, I wanted a new house. I was tired of the earthquake messing things up, and I wanted, I really gave some thought to having a new house. Well, I didn't get a new house in the way that you would think, but what happened is that they came in and fixed our houses all up, you know, pretty much went down to the ground wires and pretty much fixed everything up so that everything was, uh, you know, new carpets, new paint, new everything, but also made everything safe, new windows. And so, although I didn't actually get physically a new house in many respects, I did get a new house that year. And there's many times that I've noticed that you may get what you want. It may not come quite the way you think it is going to come. But that's what sometimes happens with me. When I first started reading this book, I wasn't sure what I thought. First, I thought maybe it was oversimplifying things. Um, Basically, if you thought positive thoughts, things would be positive. But the more I read it, the farther I got into the book, I realized, you know, you that as it was just said you don't maybe won't get things quite as you expect them but if you have a positive outlook it's definitely going to have things going the right directions it also made me understand how things can spiral out of control and things start going wrong and your thoughts just go negative 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 so it really brought to me how important it is to have positive thoughts Well, my story is, in 2005, on January 8th, I walked into this condo, and before I had taken two steps out of the foyer, I said, I'm never going to leave this place. And I had a two-month contract to live here for the winter of 2005. Fast forward to October 2007, the owner of the apartment, and I was still here, said, called and said, I'm putting the apartment you're in up for sale. I went to my financial advisor and I said, I'm going to buy this condo. And he said, there is no possible way you're going to do that. I went to my family. There is no possible way you're going to do that. And they, you know, you're 59 years of age. What do you want a condo for? Um, You know, why spend the money on something like that? Blah, blah, blah. Two months later, I was sitting in my financial advisor's office signing the release to send the wire transfer for the amount we had settled on for the condo. 
and I own the condo outright. And so this stuff works, folks, because I had done a meditation called Japa, which is a meditation that Wayne Dyer talks about, which I'm getting off course here, but it is for manifesting. And I just kept imagining myself sitting, grilling on a porch of my own, and I'm still in this condo. That's a great story. Okay, now I'll share mine. The, uh, I can share both a positive one and a negative one. Books and Beyond was totally created exactly this way. Bonnie came to visit me. She talked about her passion for books and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I had really no idea for sure because I only, I only listened to the interactive part of it, um, ACB Radio. But I had this thought. I thought ACB Radio needs a book show. I think I knew that she had done the book show with um, with Jordan. I mean, she, that I already knew. Okay. I said, ACB Radio needs a book show. Let's see how we can do this. And and then I wrote to Marlena just, just suggesting that she have Bonnie on the show. Didn't say, oh, Bonnie, the, we need a, will you give her a show? I didn't say any more than that. Have, have Bonnie on the show. She's does the, the Jordan Rich thing and blah, blah, blah. However, I said that. And Marlena had her on the show. And Marlena had then said, independent of my ever knowing I had it in my head, uh, hey, you want to do a book show for ACB Radio? And by June, we were doing the first show. And by August, it was on the... And we, this started in January of 06. Yeah, when Bonnie came to visit me. So, But I, I knew... I didn't know... I knew she could interview. I'd, I just knew. I had no way of knowing i just knew that the, the show was should be hers and she should do it and then i knew i wanted to work on it now as for me i've always had a love for radio and anything to do with entertainment tv radio play movies plays whatever um so i knew i'd have some part in books and beyond i didn't i didn't want to be the hostess at the time and i still don't of course but um you know I, but i knew that this, so for me, my dream was that I got to do something in some kind of radio thing, even if it is internet, and she gets to do the book show that she wants. And so Books and Beyond was born just exactly that way. Now I'm going to talk about a negative thing, in, because it happens both ways. In 2002, I was told to go get a breast biopsy on my left breast. They thought I had a routine mammogram. They said, you know, they saw calcifications and whatever. I said, oh, oh, geez, that that scared the living shit out of me. Well, you can edit that out if you want. That was really scary. So, um, okay, hi, Mary Jo. Um, So... I, okay, so I moved, this was when I was in Little Rock, Arkansas. I moved up here to St. Louis. And in the back of my mind, I was really scared. I didn't want to hear about cancer. I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to hear about chemo. I had heard how bad chemo was, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I didn't do anything about that biopsy for, except to think about, oh, no, I can't possibly. Everything has to be, it, it can't be. I'm, I'll, be I'll be all right. I'm fine now. I'll be fine. But, you know, really deeply in the back of my mind was, I'm scared of cancer and, and chemo and blah, blah. Okay, so then in 20, late 2005, 
it came to where it had to be dealt with without going into great detail. I had to deal with it. And I had to deal with it. And, and the guy, and we were, the surgeon was extremely sure. He didn't have, he, although he sent me for a biopsy, he, he looked, took one look at me and said, not only do you have cancer, but that breast has to come off. <laughs> so that was, so I'm talking, I'm showing you negative and positively how this goes this way. Um, and, and I will also tell you that from the time Bonnie said she was going to come in to take care of me, I knew, absolutely knew, that I'd be all right because I was mostly more afraid of chemo than anything else. But I knew that if she was coming, I could almost have said to her, that's okay, you don't even have to come in. I know I'll be, except I didn't, I knew she was, I would be all right because she was coming in. Now, whether that meant I was really going to be all right or whether it meant I wasn't going to be all right, but in the end I'd be taken care of and I'd be all right. I didn't know what that actually meant. But I knew whatever that meant that I was going to be okay because Bonnie was coming in. And it turns out I got through the chemo and radiation just fine all the way up to, all the way up till that November. But anyway, so there you go. It works both ways. And you can say, well, what, what was the cause? What was the effect? Can you prove cause and effect? I don't know. But I, I don't know whether you can prove cause and effect. The scientists say that you can. But anyway, now I'll turn this over to somebody else. Uh, I, I, that was great, uh, Nancy. I only wanted to say that Maureen Young, who's been a very good friend of ours, and uh, Mary Jo are here. I don't know. Maureen has a mic. Uh, I don't know if Mary Jo does. But if you want to give everybody a chance to speak, this is a good question. Hi, everybody. I'm still thinking of which of the many things that have happened I want to talk about. But uh, glad to be here. Does Mary Jo have a mic? I, I can't remember. Mary Jo, you can write something. Hit F8, write something, and enter, and one of us will pick it up, I'm sure. No, she says she doesn't have a mic and that she might be interrupted and might have to leave. Okay, thanks, Susan. Well, uh, Mary Jo, do you want to write, write briefly um, what, if you want to say something, or do you have a story, uh, and somebody can paraphrase it? Because actually, although it would have to be read into the, into the record, and if you want to share something, give us a brief synopsis of it. But I would agree with Barb. And I must confess, I did not finish the book, and Barb's, I'm sure you're going to tell me to finish it. I thought it was oversimplified at first. It made, I really thought about it, though. I didn't I don't want to tell you that I just said, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. No. Uh, but um, it just kept going back and forth with each teacher making a comment back and forth around the circle. And Nancy um, said that I probably should have um, done the, um, the MP3 file because the teacher's each of them spoke because Martha Harmon Pardee, I don't know, Barb, whether you agree or not, sounded a little bored. And uh, it wasn't the length of the book. Uh, maybe I, I'm not bright enough to just concentrate every, on every word because four hours is nothing. I didn't think that at all. Uh, I thought she did a very good job with it because that was kind of a hard book to read. Well, Bob, if, or anybody else, if you, if you wanted the... Um I have the the book, and I can still give it to anybody here who wants it. Uh, I have the book that was the audio that was produced commercially, where you have the voice of the author and the voice of voices of all the teachers that she talks to. Um, it's almost done like an audio program. That uh, Simon and Schuster, it's it's the secret, and it says it's on a bridge, and it does appear to be, and I guess it is about the same time length. Um, and maybe it'll sound a little less, I don't know, boring. Um, but I liked the audio, the audio presentation here. But now, 
some of the things that that I can also say, um, you, you, you know, I've tried things that have not worked out, and I'll explain, because I, I figured this out or realized this today, I guess, or acknowledged it maybe today, because I started to read this book again so I could have some questions and kind of refresh my memory. Um, I've, one of the things I've always wanted to do was have my own home-based business. And I tried, oh, the numerous numbers of multi-level companies, Amway, Shackley, Herbalife, well, you could pretty much name it. Okay. Um, I don't know who just wrote that. Maybe I'll, I'll, in a minute, I'll let up on the key and let Susan read that to you. Um, But... Uh, but what I also see is, yeah, I, I tried all these um, uh, multi-level companies. I also see that there are times, I, I, I think if I think about it, my motto in life is be careful for what you wish for because you might get it. And if you get it, then what happens? And there's a lot of times when, I, although I, there are things I would love, dearly love to see happen, they're also, I'm afraid of what would happen if they happen. And I think that's, where I've stopped myself from literally letting certain things happen. Um, I go, okay, I get into, I'm, I, I know nothing about business. It actually, as much as I'd love it, it also scares me. And it's, oh God, I could get in trouble. I could make really stupid decisions. Or I could get in trouble in, in ways that I didn't even realize I was going wrong. Or all kinds of, you know, I have, so I've got a lot of things that I'd love to see happen. But I'm afraid of what would happen after they happen. Uh, Mary Jo basically says it's like she's read the, she's read the secret, and David Burns and Wayne Dyer, and it's a similar preface. I'd like to read Wayne Dyer sometime. Ruth Ann talks highly of him. Uh, Nancy, uh, well, those don't count. We all did the multi-level marketing, but it isn't always home business, and we're we're drifting. But that's okay. I think this is important because you got to go get the products. You got to go. You know, in our day anyway, you had to take the SA-8, which weighed a ton, on the bus to somebody and give it to them. Or you sit for an hour or two and they buy a sweet shot for a dollar. Sounds like Amway, doesn't it? Uh, and so forth. But I know of a, of a friend who did home business. She did research for companies. I'm not sure quite what she did. I can give you her name. Maybe she'll share it because she had the ability with the computer and knew how to write. And she did research for them and gave them reports back from what she did for them. I'm not sure how that worked. But she stayed home. She worked on her computer. They're out there, home businesses, but you got to do a lot of research and know, know someone who's already doing it. That's easier said than done. But um, the Small Business Administration is probably where I'd go. And there's a, there used to be a, an outfit called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, Retired Business People, who freely consult with you and i'm sure someone has done a home business mary joe also said that what she liked about the book is that it helps you put a positive slant on negative thoughts but you know here's the deal i don't quite get she said what is it believe ask and receive or something like that i I did read that so i want to lose weight i believe it i ask it but i don't receive it you know and i'm being i'm sharing what i want to do um, because I'll feel I know I'll be healthier. Um, so that's where I thought it was a little oversimplified, you know, for me. 
And my problem is I'm a man of action and I want it now and it won't happen that way. I understand that. Five years from now, maybe 10 from around, it'll happen. But uh, anyway, that's uh, I, I know it's what ask, believe, and receive. Can someone explain that and how do you speed it up? Well, I understand. I, I, I totally understand. Um, uh, well, and at one point she even... It's one of the teachers, one of the people even said, it's a good thing that we don't get everything we want immediately um, because everything we think about doesn't show up immediately. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you speed it up, that's for sure. And, um, yeah. Uh, and, it, uh, yeah, they do make it sound, you know, ask, believe, ask and believe that you have it and you will receive it. Um, and it's not, it's not like it's going to happen tomorrow. But you, you kind of have to come from a place of already having received it. Act as if you've received it. Now, I have my, that's where I have my questions because, you know, it does says the same thing about money. You know, um, act, act as if you already have the money. What does that mean? Should I run out and, you know, spend money I don't have? I don't think so. So, actually, there are some of this things, these things that I don't totally get. I don't exactly know what it means to act as if you already have the money that you are, let's say, that you want. Now, there are some t places you can act as if you are, let's say you want love. You've been, you're loved. So you act like you be lovable. I get that part. Um, now, the weight loss, I th well, the one thing, like Mike Dooley said, when he said, like, act like a thin person, Eat, eat. He said, "Like eat like a thin person. So, eat. Just eat one little piece of cake, or you know, eat as eat as if you were a thin person. Eat the way a thin person eats. That's what he's. That that's that sort of makes sense. But <clears throat> some of this stuff, yeah. I mean, I have questions too. I don't. I don't have. Certainly, don't have all these answers. But like when they, particularly about the money. What am, you know? What do you mean? Act as if I have the money. I don't. I'll tr I'll try that. See how? No, I won't." I don't, I don't think, um, you know, all kinds of trouble if I do that. So I don't know. Totally. I don't have all the answers about this stuff either. Well, um, if I think it had some good points, um, but there was something that bothered me all the way through this book. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm a religious nut, okay? <laughs> but it really didn't. You left God kind of out of things, I thought, in, in this book. And to me, sometimes it's good to pray about things. And it mentioned the philosophies in the Bible of, of a little bit. But I don't know. I, I don't know what I thought about this book, to be honest with you. It had some good points. But I'm just not sure where I'm coming from here. Yeah, good for you, Barb. Uh, there, was, there wasn't destiny. Sometimes it's... That's where God enters in with me. Now, whether, if you're an atheist, you're still destiny, I think. Um, I don't believe in coincidences. I know my friends who are atheists, it's all coincidence. The world, the way it is, all coincidence. I don't believe that, okay? But that's me. But um, I, even when I met Ruth Ann, real quick, uh, I would have never met her had it been up to her girlfriend, who liked me, sort of. So she wasn't going to introduce me to her girlfriend from Iowa. And the last night of the worst convention I ever attended in Columbia, South Carolina for the NFB, and it wasn't the NFB's fault. It was just lousy. 
I ran into her of all places in the hospitality room, and she was playing the piano. And I said, I know you. You're Lynn's girlfriend. Let's go to a party. And we haven't stopped since. But had I waited for my dear friend Lynn to introduce us, well, I never would have met her. So it's got to be destiny because I don't always go to the hospitality room. I might have missed it three days in a row. And what they, they didn't serve liquor. They banned liquor from the doggone convention right there. It ruined it. And uh, there, there, it was a Bible Belt area. God love them. You know, they, they, were, they would be praying in the hospitality room. And that's okay. We're pretty bad, hun. And anyway, I never would have met her. So I call that destiny. I call that in God's hands. Well, yeah, but at some point you were open to receiving. You wanted, you were looking for somebody, some somewhere. You, you it may have been like unconscious or in the back of your mind. I definitely believe in God. I'm not. I'm not ever. I would never discount the part that God plays in all of this. But. Um, it's kind of like you work with God, and God works with you, and you know you're kind of co-creators with God, I guess. Um, I guess that's kind of how I think of it. But you know, you were obviously open to something because you know you just ha- and and then again you just happened to go where um, you were going to meet. You know, ended up meeting the person, and you probably weren't even looking for it. They always say it's when you find somebody is when you're not looking because at least not conscious looking. And I think I understand why that is, because you're not trying so hard. If you try too hard, it'll never happen. A lot of things like that will never happen. You're like obviously desperate, and nobody wants obviously desperate. Okay. I think, too, uh, I, I, I think this is great. I think there are times I found this book a little, you know, I, I wasn't sure that I was going to necessarily go along with everything. I thought it was oversimplifying, but... I do believe the one thing it isn't taking into consideration is that sometimes what you want isn't what's right for you, and especially what's right for you at the time. I was applying for a job with the Department of Rehab uh, as a counselor, and every time I went, I wound up not getting it. Well, this last time, I thought, ah, I think we're going to make it this time. I went in, I finished number one in the interview. on that very day, the state instituted a hiring freeze. Uh, and what happened is that the girl who came in absolutely yes. dead last got the job, which I said, what in the world? Why is this happening? And I was really upset about that. And probably as it turned out, I wouldn't have been happy in the city that we were going to, where the job was located. And maybe this time it was for, you know, the best thing for me that I didn't get that job, but you know, sometimes the uh, sometimes God or the universe or whatever you care to say knows better what's better for you than uh, I do as to what I'm asking for. I found the book a little bit repetitive, and uh, I found that I just read the summaries after each chapter. You know, they had the summaries, so that's what I end- that's what I ended up doing. Um, Nancy, you were talking about the ask, believe, and receive. Um, I think you're right. I think it t- you talk about believing so much that you already have the thing that you start to plan how to get it. Now, it may not be. In fact, often it is not that you're going to get the thing that you want in the way you've planned to get it. But I think the believing part is is 
you know, figuring out how you're going to get it and going after it in a certain um, methodical way. Oh, boy, I don't know which ones to tell you about, so I'll, uh, I'll let this thing go for a minute. Well, Mike Dooley talks about don't worry about how it's going to happen. Um, he did, and now he, when he says don't worry about how, he doesn't mean just sit around and don't do anything. You know, he, said, he says, you know, do visualize, like you'll say, and, and that's another question I'll have in a minute, but um, visualize and then do whatever it is you're going to do that you think might work, but it might come out of left field in a way that you're not expecting it, so don't be attached to how it goes. It's about not being attached. Now, this whole thing of visualizing, I, I, that's another question I have about, and I guess what they mean when they say visualize is to feel it or experience it, um, create it in your mind or whatever, but my question is, how does a blind person visualize? I guess, I, I guess they don't literally, I guess they don't literally mean visualize, but anyway, how do they, how does a blind person visualize? Well, I think they're talking about conceptualizing it or whatever. You know, they, they like to use the word visualize because they visualize. <laughs> but I think they're talking about, like you were saying, you know, uh, conceptualizing it. Use your imagination. Uh, with this condo, I simply imagine myself sitting on a chair in front of a large grill, grilling food on a porch, you know, at a very odd time of the day, and, you know, and it's going like, well, this is my porch. I can grill at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 o'clock in the morning if I want. Uh, and I have a question while I'm on here. Um, this MP3 version of the book is it, it, it? Can you get it from auto? Is it on Audible? Um, I'm not good at visualizing. I've been to so many Amway rallies, and they say visualize the dollars over your head. No, that's not. No, well, they do. They and they say close your eyes. That's good. We're even. And um, but there are many um, outlets to block you, and that's that's the key. Do you have the the stamina, the courage, the strength to go around all the obstacles, uh, such as the distributor won't go up the hill to get the stuff for you, to bring it to you, and you have customers screaming for the product. Uh, now things have gotten better, I guess. They ship it directly, and that's good. But, you know, but that was the way it was then, and, uh, uh, and a lot of things. You've got to do workarounds, you know, and are we willing to do the workarounds? Sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. Yeah, Mike Dooley, actually, one of the things you can get from Mike Dooley's um, thing is, uh, what does he make? Million he print, prints out these million-dollar bills, and they're obviously they're not real. I don't even think there isn't a million-dollar bill, but um, they're, they're for you to see and look at and feel and visualize that it will become real one day or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess when you, they say visualize, you imagine. You use the word, I guess, substitute imagination. Um, Mary Jo said that you can do it during a, I think she's the one that said, you can do it during a relaxation exercise, which is true. Um, that, sure, that makes sense. Um, and you can put on, you know, music or like um, uh, radio, uh, ocean waves. Because one of my favorite places in the world is, is a beach. I mean, that's just... I could I could live literally live at the beach, <laughs> on the sand. Well, anyway, so um, there you go. But um, yeah. Um, but but it, when I say it takes courage, Donald Trump went broke five times in his life. Whether he declared bankruptcy, I don't know. You know, and he bounced back. 
and the average guy, if you go broke once, you, you do come back in a small way, but he, he just kept building buildings. And that's a great uh, whatever I said there. He made, he made creating buildings and industry, but he said, I went broke five times. I went bankrupt five times. Uh, that would be really traumatic to some of us. Yeah, I think when I read about people or hear about people who make it, the ones who seem to have the stamina to get on with it and, and do make it to the top of their professions are people that are willing to fail and start all over again and maybe not know what direction they're going to be going in, but they just keep coming back to what they want to do. See, 852 in here. I don't know if that's Joni. Sometimes she comes in that way. 852, do you have a microphone? Yes, it isn't, but you're welcome, certainly welcome to be here. Nancy, do the MP3s make it come to make the book come more uh, alive for you? thought so. I mean, Martha does a good job. I downloaded it, and I started, as I said, I started to read it. I figured I would use their marked-up version so I could find the chapter headings easily and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I thought so. Um, and, and to answer the question, no. Well, it's not on Audible. I bought it. It's the only book I ever bought from Amazon.com. And I made a mistake and ended up buying two um, because I didn't know I could change that number in the, when, you know, when you check out and check your details. I didn't know I could change that number, so I just gave one away um, to a friend of mine. But, um, yeah, that's the only book I ever bought from Amazon. Uh, but somebody had put it up on the MP3 list, but I didn't like the way the recording was all that well. So I bought my own copy, and I and I have it on my computer here. And if anybody wants it, I can. Uh, I'd probably put it up on Dropbox for a few people or whatever, because it's. I'd, I'd zip it up into one folder, but that one folder is too big for SendSpace. Okay, I do a lot with Amazon, so thank you very much. Any other questions to present before as we move to the bottom of the hour, as they say on in radio? Um. Well, no. Um, I guess there's no law that says these things have to go an hour. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of out of ideas here. Um, I can tell you what the book is that uh, that it is for that's for next month. Wait, no, Nancy. Wait, wait, no. If you don't, that's okay. You, I I'm not saying it has to be a full hour. I don't control these things. But I wanted to ask you. Ruth Ann brought up the question. What happens? You may ha- be positive. You know, um, ask, believe, and receive. What if you can't control other circumstances, though, around it? For example, um, I'm going back to me, so I'm being personal. I want to lose weight, okay? But Weight Watchers won't give us yet the Braille program. This is the fourth week. We've asked. We know how to advocate. Um, Am I just a shrug and say, oh, well, it'll be slower for me because I'm going to guess. And uh, 20 weeks later... It's cool. Other guys might lose 25 pounds. I'll lose 10. It won't be that bad. But you know what I mean? So what happens when you can't control the circumstances around you? You may be wishing it. And I, I thought that Ruthann told, mentioned that's her question, and I thought I'd express that. Well, perhaps you just take another route. If that program's not going to, <clears throat> if, if it's not going to accommodate you, then you have to find a different program, and they'll lose, your, they'll lose the money. Well, I haven't said anything too far, but I, so far, but I, and I didn't read the book, but I think that's too simplistic an answer because you can't always do that. I like your question about the control. Uh, for example, for me, uh, it's been a lot in employment situation. I believed 
uh, very strongly. I was positive, but still, like Ruthann, I would come in number one or number two. Does this mean I'm not supposed to be there or what? And what if you can't control, you know, some circumstances, then what? That's good, Susan. My friend uh, was on a panel, a QAP for rehab qualifications appraisal panel and they knocked out one girl she was a cytokel they didn't like her perfume how do you control that don't come in with perfume it was just destiny uh it was well mike whatever his name is Dooley. you're you're right i did ask i almost received but the the the, the perfume they didn't like got them to cross me off the list i'm not i know i'm sounding negative i know she's supposed to say okay i'll be there tomorrow with better perfume or none how do you, what do you do? She didn't know that that was the reason my friend told me later. Okay. But we're talking about very specific. She maybe wasn't supposed to get that particular job. Or maybe there's another way for you to lose the weight without Weight Watchers. Uh, you know, some, some other program or some other group support thing or something like that. Maybe we can even work out some kind of group support thing. I don't know. But... It's that's where Mike Dooley. That's what he means when he says, "Don't worry about how." Um, she may, there might be something a lot better waiting for her down the road. He talks, he talks. Mike Dooley talks. I tend to quote him a lot. I guess I, everybody. Um, Mike Dooley talks a lot about where he he um, he visualized um, being able to travel to Hong Kong and all travel all over the world. And he just, that's all he had, that's all he did. And he, at the meantime, he worked for Price Waterhouse. Well, they sent him on a, was it six months? Or, they, they sent him on a tour, on a, on, a, on a job where he had to live and work in Saudi Arabia. Now, he had no more thoughts about going to Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia, yes, right, Saudi Arabia than, than about going to the moon. He didn't want to go there. He, but. After he was done with that, they gave him three months paid time off. They considered it a hardship job, I guess. I'm not sure why. Well, maybe. I, I don't know. Anyway, because of that, he got three months paid time off where he could travel anywhere he wanted to. So sometimes you're not going to get it exactly the way you want it or exactly the way you think you want it. You're gonna have you're gonna have to do other things first. Okay, let's talk about. I didn't sit around thinking. Well, we saw how I got how this relates to getting cancer. If you're afraid and see in the book, one of the things it says is your thoughts will become your thoughts become things. But even even if you're afraid, your fears. If you're thinking about it, then eventually, in some form or other, it's it's likely that it's going to show up. Even if you're thinking, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, or I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that, I'm afraid. But I will also tell you that, as I like to say, as I like to put it, because I like, like to be clever with words, I um, got breast cancer and ended up with a bosom buddy. Um, you know, not that, now, would I, would I, if asking, if I were given that choice, would I take, would I take breast cancer? No, no thanks. I'd rather, as somebody said, I'd rather win the lottery, you know, thank you very much. But, okay, but I really ended up with a friend that I don't think I would have had in the same way if it hadn't happened this way. So sometimes you get really bad stuff and you get really good stuff 
out of it. Um, you know, he didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia, Mike Dooley, but then he got to do everything he wanted to do, all the traveling he wanted. And in fact, he said he went to Hong Kong and saw the exact view that he saw in the magazine five years before. So it's not, it's not just, it's not a straight shot from here to there. It almost never is a straight shot from here to there. Well, it said how important it was to keep your thoughts on, you know, to have your thoughts go in the right direction, not, not, um, not be negative. Uh, it it showed how to um, put your thoughts, like you don't want to think about. Oh, I'm I, I'm having trouble explaining this here, but I guess my thought is here now. What? So you have all this stuff go wrong for you. How can you remain positive? How how can you stop the negative thoughts from coming in? Um, what do you do about that? Well, one of the things, one of the things I try to do is to rem, is to remind myself if I find myself going in a particularly negative direction, do I want to keep going this way? Do I want this to happen? Do I want what I'm thinking about now to keep growing and manifesting this way. And, and sometimes, sometimes that will um, push me in another direction. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, so like, like with, again, like with cancer, you know, I didn't, I, I, I obviously didn't want to die. Um, and I just, and I was always told that, you know, your attitude makes a difference. And I, made sure that I found the best attitude I could find. And I actually had fun with those people at, at, at the treatment center. Um, I did all the stuff I was supposed to do, like, just like they said. I took, I took my efforts uh, and took their work seriously. But I kid around, kidded around, and they had, we had, I had a good time. I mean, I got to the point where I, I liked going there. It, it was actually fun. You'd say, chemo was fun? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, we were, you know, I would sit there and I'd listen, take a radio, listen to the radio. Or, but, in, but before all that, I'd joke around with the people and, you know, it was, it was actually okay. I have a question Oh, here. well, can I? Oh, go ahead. Well, here, go ahead. No, okay. Here, here, get the mic on. When you wait, have... wait. Okay. Get the mic on. And... I don't know if I can be heard. I hope so. Okay, if uh, this whole business of cancer, I'm kind of going through that because my niece has just been diagnosed with uh, multiple myeloma, which is apparently uh, cancer in the bone marrow, and but I'm wondering, do you do you feel that it's always the, the uh, positive attitude that you try to have, the use of your brain that helps you to stay alive or to defeat the thing, or other times maybe when uh, when it, it doesn't work that way. And I'm going to add, uh, hang on to that question, but I want to add one more because I don't want to lose the mic. I had a bad week last week with a waning friendship. I'm not going to go any further. And it was back and forth and so forth. I'd like to tell you today that we solved it, that we're bosom buddies again. No. But what I kept telling myself each day, Barb, I'm going to your question. I said, I'm a good person. And I think the other guy is too, somewhere. He's a good guy too. He's a good guy, too. But I'm a good person, no matter what he's accusing me of. 
I really try to live each day as if it's the last day of my life, and I try to do a good job. And I kept saying it, and finally, it took to when? Friday? <laughs> Five days of it. We, 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 we agreed, and he found inner peace, and I did, to wait on the friendship, to wait till he can process and try again at another date. And I hope I'll be of the frame of mind to renew that friendship. Now, Ruth Ann's question was good. It's probably better than mine. No, it is. I think it was good, too. And and along that same line, you know, my sister had breast cancer and was terribly, terribly sick. And she's a very positive person. But she almost died several times. So how do you remain positive during that time? And, and I think part of what she was dealing with was reality. First of all, I don't discount anybody's experience of of uh, chemo and i am not here to say that you know that just because you remain positive that it's always going to work you know that you're not going to be sick or i i have no i don't have answers i mean look i came through um the meningitis and one of the i remember when i i came out uh of it and lived through meningitis from after like in november of 06 um, and survived it, and and they were really weren't sure I was going to live. I was I don't I wasn't present for any of that, um, but so you know. But I I understand that I was told that I or they told me later that I thought they thought for sure I was going to die, and I remember asking myself, um, what what is it that, um, what did I do or what what how do peop some people survive these things and some don't, and I to this day do not have answers I don't have all the answers for you I'm sure your sister um, was just as very just as positive and had probably all the support around her that she needed and, and all that I'd, I have no clue um, about any of that um, now um, okay okay about uh, friendships okay because Certainly Bonnie and I have been through some hard friendship times. But one of the things I always come back to in the end, even if, if I'm mad at her or, or for a day or so or whatever, I'll, uh, sometimes more consciously than others, I'll always come back to, is this really worth like screwing up a friendship for? And so far, <laughs> nothing's, nothing that's happened has been worth sending the friendship down either either down the toilet altogether or in that direction it just it just wasn't worth it and so i'd either end up apologizing or sometimes she would but whatever you know it's never been a point of um i mean i'm just i'm just more committed to remaining friends with her than i am about being right about stuff i mean believe me sometimes i want to be very right and and there may come a time I don't know I can't be sure but I don't think so, and I think that's what it, that's what it has to do with friendships, in the area of friendships and rela- and all kinds of relationships. What's worth it? Is it worth being right about whatever it is that you're having a problem with, or is it worth you know getting off it and keeping the friendship, which is more important to you? Let me just say that. Meditation is a very, very important thing in this, and unfortunately, they didn't talk enough about that. And the fact of the matter is that 
if you can get yourself quiet, and, it, and it's, it's something as simple as meditating on your breath, all you say is, I'm breathing in, yes, I know I'm breathing in, and when you breathe out, yes, I know I'm breathing out, and you do this, and you get yourself quiet, you begin to realize very deeply within uh, that there is some kind of source somewhere that directs all of this and that's you know I I can't describe it it's it's just something that you eventually come to feel and you come to know and um, whenever I have a difficulty I go back and I get very quiet and I get into a meditative state and it doesn't always solve the problem but at least it will help lift the cloud that usually comes over me. And that's, that's all I have to say about it, but meditation is a, a great help, and I'm only sorry they didn't talk more about that in this book. Oh, that's, that's good, Mary Ellen. Thank you. Uh, Nancy, do, do we have a, this is a great discussion, Nancy. You did very well, and thank you. Do we have a, a book for next time? Well, I missed the end of whatever she just said because I got thrown out. Um, but, yes, I agree. Meditation is absolutely important. Um, sometimes just getting quiet, like she said, quieting your mind. And that's a job. I don't think we realize how noisy it is inside our own heads. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, think, I think that helps a lot. In a lot in everything from your body's immune system to... Uh, your, uh, you know, your, your physical, your mental, everything. I do understand that. Well, somebody look in the text chat and see if they can paraphrase it better than I could. What, I guess it's Mary Jo wrote. Okay, if nobody's going to do it, I'll try to. She said the other night she was eating for her. She was eating things that weren't very good for her, weren't very healthy for her. And she started coming down on herself. And the next day when she woke up, she realized she was human and that maybe it was okay uh uh, to eat that chocolate cake and the end of it I'm not sure um, what she said something about she, she oh and she was only human and she did feel a little bit better after that and if I did a poor job I'm sorry I think you did well Susan well Ruthann says you did well I have the mic over my head uh, uh, Nancy you may have missed it but do you have another book for next month which would be February 6th I believe Sunday uh, at March, 6th. March 6th there I go with the wrong date again March the 6th at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah, I do. Um, and this is a really short book. You could read this. We, we're we not going to do this, I to emphasize that. But literally, we could sit around and read it together. That's how short it is. It's, it's called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. It is on Bard. It's, I think, an hour and 34 minutes long. And it talks about how you cope with change um you can it's and it doesn't tell you how to cope with change it's a little you know it's either a pal it's either an allegory or a parable um bonnie and i were talking about this and i actually looked up the two words and in a little talking dictionary it says they're, they're the exact same thing so um it's both i guess an allegory and a parable uh 
with these two mice, him and Haw, and how each of them deals with change. They deal with it very differently. It doesn't tell you which is better. You'll kind of see in the, by reading the book. But how do, and so we're going to look at how do you cope with change. Um, uh, and in this book, it's about change that's visited upon you. In other words, he didn't move his own cheese. Um, but we can talk, too, about how do you uh, cope with change that you, you initiate. And change, transition, whatever word you want to use. So that's what we're going to do. I don't have the book number, but it's, it's Spencer Johnson, Who Moved My Cheese? Just put in cheese. Or if Susan wants to look up the book number, I, I, I probably should have done that. But anyway, it is, I don't remember who reads it, but it's on BART. Okay, but when you write the Newswire, I'm sure you'll have the, you do a good job, the DB number and the download and all that. But that's, I've heard of that book. Ruth Ann's read it, and I've so never read, read it. Again. She wants to read it again, she says. That's great. And we will do Wayne Dyer stuff because I love Wayne Dyer. I think he's really great. I used to love seeing him on the Johnny Carson show back in the 70s. He was very funny, and he sort of held up a mirror and got us to laugh at ourselves. And I think human beings are some of the funniest creatures on the planet. Um, some people say the, un the um, Earth is the insane asylum for the universe, and I, there are times I believe it. Um, yeah, it is. I heard it. <laughs> uh, I hope you'll do Tony Robbins. You know, I, th I think he's good. I'm just telling you, Napoleon Hill, even old Dale Carnegie, some of his thoughts. I know it's 1932 or whatever it is. But there, there are many books on self-improvement and motivations that will, will it's be fun to get into some of these. Um, is, is there any Tony Robbins up on board? That's usually my favorite place to... Or if I can get a hold of the stuff uh, from somewhere else. Also... Um, Mike Dooley has various audio programs. You have to buy them, but maybe what I'll do one month when I'm feeling particularly rich is I'll buy a couple of his programs, or maybe one of his programs, and then I'll put it up on SenseBase for everybody. I'll be I'll be generous, like I said. When I get all this money I'm supposed to be getting, I'll do. I'll pretend I am it. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but yeah, if if Tony Robbins has books on Bard, or if I can get a hold of them somewhere, I'm not so picky about where. Um, I'll uh, I'll be glad to use Tony Robbins, of course. All right. Before we end, uh, the book number for Bard on Bard for Who Moved My Cheese is DB four nine five one three. DB four nine five one three. Oh, thank you, Susan. I think we officially can turn the recorder off, and I thank you so much. Four nine five one three. Before you turn off the recorder, um, uh, Mary Jo does say that uh, there is a book on cassette that Tony Robbins does that she has read. So I don't know what it is or anything about it, but she did say that. So we'll I'll look.